On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, Nick Fairbanks will be joining me for this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show where we'll be discussing the Florida Panthers' 4-3 loss against the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll be talking about how the offense generated a lot of chances, Carter Hart getting 47 of 50, the power play did break their drought, and we're going to be discussing the upcoming Kachuk versus Kachuk battle on Saturday all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, October 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey and Locked On NHL. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And today's episode is brought to you by. Bet online. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. So, Cats fans, the Florida Panthers they get zero out of a possible four points on this quick two-game road trip. Just one more game for the Cats before they wrap up the month of October. For as far as me. As far as like where I thought the Panthers would be at by at the end of October, I was thinking maybe along the lines of 12 points. And of course, if they salvage, uh, if they win on Saturday, they could salvage a little bit of that, of that, of those points getting somewhere near that, but not a place we expected them to be. Uh, so we, we all, we all know as far as if you, especially if you listen to Wine Ends Wednesday with, with Jacob and myself, there's just flat out no excuses for, uh, that loss, but I'm not as negative about this loss as I was about Tuesdays. And let me bring in my guests on the show. Of course, it is a Friday, which is a fair means a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Nick, welcome back to the show once again. Thank you for having me again, Armando. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, let's get this thing rolling. Yeah. So once again, let I'm not I'm not. I'm not as negative uh, of Thursday's loss as I as I was on Tuesdays. Let's just get right right into the 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 juggles of the lines. Of course, we saw on Tuesday that the Panthers were generating a lot of chances against the Chicago Blackhawks, switching of the lines with Matthew Kachuk and uh, Sam Reinhart switching lines. A few games ago, I was willing to say that Colin White should and Sam Reinhart should flip, but based on how that line has looked defensively. I think for now, that's a line that you can't touch. So my mind has changed a little bit since since then. So seeing Sam Reinhart and Matthew Kachuk, of course, the Barkoff, uh, Barkoff Kachuk and Verhage line, they were the ones generating all, all the chances for, for the Panthers, at least most of them. So I, I'm again, let's talk about the positives of this game. The Panthers, they shot more. Barkoff was, was not, I don't want to use scared to shoot. Uh, because of course these aren't the pro- these guys are pro players, 
but I, I saw more, more uh, opportunities for him to take control, even though we saw a few pa- um, times where he was passive. But just uh, on the other side, Carter Hart, a career high and saves it with 47. Of course, we didn't see him last week against the, against the Panthers in, the, in that nationally televised game. But just the difference between Carter Hart being in the crease versus uh, Felix Sandstrom. Uh, your thoughts on that new line mix-ups for the Panthers? Uh, number one, it shows that um, Chuck is valuable. Uh, not to say that he wasn't before, but, um, you know, he drove the second line. Uh, he was creating all the chances uh, for them. And unfortunately, the first line just wasn't getting it done in the first couple of games of the season. And they really needed somebody to go in there and, you know, hopefully uh, start creating chances. And right after, you know, the switch was made, you saw to Chuck go to the net. Uh, make a couple of crisp passes and everything. And you just need people to finish. Um, I know Verhage, um, you know, he's looking to finish some, but, uh, you know, that was the last game against the Flyers that he netted two. There were two big goals. But, um, you know, I still wonder where Alexander Barkov is. You know, he really hasn't really shown up this season. I know this last game against Philadelphia, he had more opportunities, but you would like to see those opportunities be put on net instead of, you know, being passes. So, um that's my biggest takeaway is that they actually have somebody in there who can actually facilitate and actually create some uh, havoc uh, below the goal line, which they need. But also, you know, you need people who are going to be able to finish. And maybe Verhage is going to have to be that guy because, you know, Barkov doesn't look like he's anywhere near close to finishing any plays right now, unfortunately. Yeah, I knew we're looking. I'm looking at the total shots for, for the Panthers. Matthew Kachuk led the way with seven. Uh, the... The, the next one would be uh, Sasha Barkov. Anton Lundell was up there. Of course, he got some power mm-hmm. play time. Brandon Montour breaks the drought for the Panthers on the power play. 0 for 25. We saw a new power play look for the Panthers. Anton Lundell, your boy, uh, getting on getting on the top unit. And we saw a lot of switches for, for who, who was going to be at the point. We saw Brandon Montour a little bit on the, on the wing. Anton Lindell switching to the bumper and then back to the wing, Barkov at the point, and then going back to the the right side. So I, I'm not sure how long this will work, but hey, the, the Panthers, they broke that drought, and it's it's a step in the right direction on, on the power play. Their power play definitely looked more effective uh, this last game against Philly than it did Chicago. Chicago, it looked stagnant. Um, it was kind of embarrassing that they had a four-minute power play and they had no recorded shots on goal. Like, how... How does that happen with a professional team? Um, it just shows that either they were stagnant, they weren't moving around, or they were just, you know, not being really aggressive, or they weren't taking that time to be aggressive and try to take over the game, um, which ultimately led to the loss, unfortunately. So um, it was good to see them attacking the way that they did. I, I mean, especially with the power play, trying to get it down low and stuff a goal in. But, um, you know, it was encouraging to see that. But, you know, what's kind of concerning right now is that of the three power play goals this season, Brandon Montour has two of them. So where are the other power play specialists? I mean, we have Sam Reinhardt, we have Barkoff. The fact that Anton Lundell was put on a power play and he had some of the best chances last night off of some tips shows that other people should probably get chances right now if other people are not going to, uh, you know, hold their weight right now. So um, maybe Maurice has to start going with the hot hands and people are getting it done to see if anything can get started and uh, get the power play jumped. Yeah. And when you, when we, when we, of course, we've been talking all off season about what is the biggest weakness of the Panthers on paper. And we spoke about the defense and all three goals for the Panthers last night came from, from the defense. 
I mean, the Mahura Gudis line continues to play so well. Even even the analytics back back up the eye test. With I saw number Radko, one. Yes, <laughs> Radko Gudis consistently stripping the puck away. Uh, Josh Mahura on one shift, he had multiple blocks on one, and he he himself even got a, a goal on on this one. Able to retrieve the puck, a sharp angle shot on Carter Hart converts and at, at that time it was to for for the for the Panthers to give them a 2-1 lead at the time and and that's that's an encouraging thing but what about what about the guys what about the guys who you consider the 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 best players on the team which is the strength the forward lines on paper the yeah there's some line mix-ups we saw a little bit more of that in a in a blender the the Panthers did did uh, play Eric Stahl, who 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 the Panthers scratch Nick Cousins played on that fourth line. He's winning over seventy. For, he won over seventy percent of his faceoffs too. So that's mm-hmm. an encouraging sign for future Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion, and, and a guy who's going to be a and also him and Patrick Hornquist on that same fourth line combined for like over two thousand games together. So not 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 all not all again not all negatives here, but Eric Stahl coming in and and just especially in the defensive zone that's where mostly where i saw his face-offs but uh just uh, once again getting i i don't like using the word goal lead a lot but this was this was a game where you saw you saw the panthers really get goal lead they definitely did and i think you could see that going through the first period into the second period i mean the game was tied 2-2 and you know, you can say Bob was not very good. And, no, it wasn't one of his best games and everything. But I'm not blaming this one on him, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think Florida uh, really showed up uh, to play this game uh, 100%. Um, they only turned it on when they really needed to. Um, I mean, they, they put the puck on net a lot. It's just that, you know, Carter Hart was there. And I think that Philadelphia was there to help him out as well, the defensive core for them. Um but at the same time, you know, you have Eric Stahl, who's coming in as a fourth liner, uh, winning his faceoffs in the defensive zone, which you can't win the game unless you possess the puck and unless you win faceoffs. Um, so that was a great addition. I'm actually looking forward to see what he's going to be able to do with the team going forward. I don't know if he's going to be in every single game or if this is going to be a platoon thing where him and uh, Cousins like go in and out. Um, but I have to think that maybe Cousins had to sit because of uh, some penalty trouble that he's gotten in the last couple of games, and it's cost the Panthers uh, some time dearly. But um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Maurice wants to do. He's had that relationship with Saul for many, many years and everything, and uh, the trust is there. But at the same time, you know, if uh, the offense isn't kicking or if the fourth line isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing, then I could see Cousins getting put back in the lineup immediately. Yeah, and – Eric Stahl also a not only was coached under Paul Maurice played with assistant coach Tomo Rutu as well so lots of great relationships there there of course uh there there something we're going to talk more about Nick Cousins in segment number 3 but with with the with the and you and you'll see why in in a little bit but with the with the Panthers just and their their third line the just been the the best line really all season, yes. especially defensively. Yesterday, was, last night was really their for, first goal that they conceded as a line together at even strength. I mean, it took them until game game number game number eight of of the season for for this team. So credit to them. And Colin White continues to win his board battles, get to the get the puck, retrieve it, 
And I believe the goal that he had, uh, it was on the Mahura. It was on the Mahura goal that he was able to mm-hmm. retrieve the puck and then Gudis with that, with that uh, slap shot right, right in front of the net, and then and then uh, Mahura finishing. So uh, once again, that's a that's a line that we can't uh, that that the Panthers uh, should not touch right right now for for this team. But in segment number two. We are going to discuss some of the lapses that the Panthers had in this game, because if you really think about it, the Panthers for about 55 minutes of this game really played their better than the Philadelphia Flyers. But it was just really a few stretches for them that really uh, cost them this game. But we're going to discuss that next in segment number two. But first, this episode is brought to you by bet online and betonline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the basketball and hockey season find all the latest player developments team matchups news and podcasts and in-depth analysis on every game and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games including the major league baseball world series mma boxing and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That online, where the game starts. Segment number two on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Rhonda Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. So basically, I would say 55 plus minutes for the Panthers. They were they were pretty much the better team. I'm I'm just throwing a number out there, but you, I would say, I would say so. I mean, the shots on goal for the, for the Panthers, I, I mean, period number one for the Panthers, they were on pace for a, a hundred shot attempts. Of course, John Tortorella and, and company, of course, the, the adjustments that they make on the, uh, on in between periods. I mean, they ended up actually with 109 uh, shot attempts in, in all situations. A, a lot of that had to do with really in, in the third period, of course, when they pull, uh, when they pull Sergey Bobrovsky to bring that extra skater, but it's really the lapses uh, for the Panthers. Of course, the first goal that they give up, Montour's trying to reach the puck in the air. I mean, it's instincts in that in that situation. Of course, trying to get it, and if it might be a little over you, over you, you might tip it, and then you lose a little a little bit of your balance there. I'm not so mad about Montour going for that puck. What I'm more what I'm more annoyed at is. Uh, Borsley not getting back and of course Bob cheating a little bit to his left which cost them on that uh who who was that it was a uh, Tony D'Angelo who scored on that on that goal uh what do, what do you think of 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 that lapse for the Panthers definitely um it, it was an unfortunate bounce in my opinion you know like you said you know more on tours looking to make a play trying to catch it up in the air and you know sometimes those plays you know they just they end up in the wrong end um you know you go to try to either catch or try to bat it down and it goes the wrong way um, you know, Forsling unfortunately got caught and Bob doing what Bob does. Uh, he either cheats or he tries to anticipate the play, I'll say. And, uh, he got beat, um, kind of reminiscent of what happened against him, uh, in Phil- against Philadelphia last week too, where there was a goal that was called off. It just didn't seem like he was fully set or that he was in the wrong position and he let in a soft one. So, um, kind of, you know, one little error kind of, you know, folded the whole deck and you know there was a goal against mm. and and randy moeller I, I believe it i'm not sure if it was randy moeller or ed jovanowski on the broadcast yesterday it spoke about the difference between what the flyers were doing in front of the net versus what the panthers were it's when getting getting the getting the guys in front of the nets instead of seeing multiple guys creating traffic 
traffic, you only see one. There's a beautiful chance that Anton Lundell had on a bark off shot that o- o- almost went in uh, off of Carter Hart. He was like right on the blue yes. paint. And uh, the one of the goals for the for the Flyers, uh, t- tipping it tipping it in. It was uh, McGowan who who got who got that one for the Flyers. It was for their third goal. But for the Panthers uh, as well, defensively, it's also been uh, puck retrieval. Two of those, two of the the goals that they gave up to the Philadelphia Flyers came off uh, juicy rebounds. The first one, uh, the excuse me, the second one, which at the time you're looking at two two of the game, like how the hell is it two two? The, the Panthers yep. at the time were out shooting them in the first period, eighteen to nine, and then just a few mental errors about puck retrieval and and not being a little discombobulated in their own zone. And basically, even though it was 2-2 in that stretch, we I couldn't have the same mentality as last week, of course, because it was between the pipes for Philly, that with the Panthers controlling the possession game, that, okay, I couldn't say that I didn't feel that the Panthers were out of it and that I didn't, I last week I didn't have that feeling that they were going to lose despite it being tied. But this time around, those little itty-bitty mistakes, even though dominating uh, the possession game, just a few lapses and what and we talked about that first montour play montour play on the first goal but the other two puck retrieval and and bob giving up those big rebounds there as well so i will say this um you can't let a team when you're dominating a team like they did philadelphia last pretty passive of the game you need to convert on your chances. That's the power play. That's on your odd man rushes. Or if you have a puck that's loose near the paint, you need to put the puck in the net. You need to convert. You can't let a team like that, you know, hang around or else it's going to happen or what happened last night is going to happen. You're going to lose the game. Um, as far as the third goal, I'm blaming Sam Bennett on that one. Um, I can't remember who the defenseman was to pinch in. I think it might have been Montour or somebody else, but uh, Sam Bennett actually did cover for him at the blue line. But as soon as the puck was starting to come out of the zone, he decided to pinch. And the puck went right to Owen Tippett in the neutral zone. And then guess what? Another guy got behind. I think um, I can't remember who it was uh, defensively either. I don't know the parent that was on there. Um, but got behind, uh, you know, the defense and all of a sudden, you know, that's the third goal right there. So the fact that Sam took a calculated risk and lost, there's the third goal already, um, especially when he should have been playing conservative because that's the style they're trying to play. Gave up on that one. And then immediately right after that, the fourth goal, yeah, definitely uh, a rebound. And Bob made the initial save, a really nice toe save actually on a breakaway. It just happens the fact that Philadelphia got to the puck first, put it up right out in front again, and, you know, they just put a rebound in there. So um, I don't really blame Bob for both those goals, but he, sh- he should have stopped the third one. But, you know, he-, he did give them a chance to clear the puck out in the fourth one. The Panthers just couldn't do it, and that basically was the game right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the third goal coming off from, once again, a, a deflected shot from uh, right off a of face-off for, for that one. So the one where you're talking Sam Bennett was actually the fourth goal because the, the one off a of face-off was like immediately, immediately ah, got okay. to the net off uh, off Sealer and then McGow- McGowan uh, gets it to the net. And of course... See, the, my emotions got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, of course, uh, those, those two goals were not, on, not only... not only a minute and a half apart for, for those two. So of course they're so like we spoke about in the beginning of the segment, the, the lapses and, and just the Panthers, when you think about, when you think about the goals that they give up in, in, in short stretches, it's just really 
the, when you give up one, it's the opportunity to have yourself reset. And I think the Panthers themselves emotionally are, are just having a hard time just being able to reset. And maybe they're thinking too much of how did that previous goal get in? And, and of course the, of course you're not, I'm, I'm not going to blame Bob on that third one for a deflected shot with multiple m- much traffic in, in front, but it's just the, the Panthers ability to reset and, and get the puck out of their own zone. And just, mm-hmm. and just that one uh, really cost them on, on in, in this one. And it, it felt like four, two, but this team's do- this team's dominating the possession game and and still found themselves down. Definitely, and uh, one thing I did want to say, um, you know, at the beginning of the broadcast, uh, um, is that listen, the 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 sky isn't falling. We said it before the season that the team was going to probably take a step back offensively, and that you know they weren't going to be able to you know win every single game, you know, six five, playing these games at lower scores and that they're not going to be able to come back as often as they did. Listen, defensive scheme is working, guys. Like, Paul Maurice's system is working, okay? It's coming down to the players that need to perform. They need to perform. Um, You know, if Barkoff would shoot more, if Sam Reinhart wouldn't have slow starts. I mean, he had one last year because he's coming over the new team, but um, I'm starting to see that he's probably a slow starter and everything like that. Um, Anton Lundell is actually acting like, how Barkoff should be acting right now. He's getting into the dirty areas. He's stripping the puck. He's extending plays and everything. And he's, to me, besides Los Arena, he's been the best player on the team also besides Matthew Tuchuk. So when your third-line players are being your best players, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. Now, the team just needs to start rallying and start taking a little bit more chances on offense as far as shooting the puck and everything. But I still think we have a good team. I still think that over the long haul, this is going to be a good thing for the team. They're not trying to outgun everybody. Um, they're trying to play big boy hockey. They're trying to play hockey that's going to be successful for them in the playoffs, and that's the goal here. So, to everybody that's saying, you know, let's fire Maurice after eight games. Let's, you know, let's change up everything because last year was fun. It was, but we got a participation trophy in how many points they got, and look how it ended up. Tampa swept us. Okay, the end goal is to get past all that to play better and to extend our uh, our you know playoff. Uh, goal here and to hopefully bring a Stanley Cup here. So this is we're going to have a lot of highs and lows and everything. So we just got to stick with it and not overreact to every single game that, you know, the Florida Panthers lose or don't play well. Yeah, the peaks and valleys of an NHL season. We, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Nick. I felt a little spoiled <laughs> after uh, last season and all the wins that. Of, of, it's too many know, highs. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that a little <laughs> mini, mi- losing streak that for the Panthers. Uh, it, it, it's just something that we haven't felt in a, in a long time, even even prior prior to 2021, because yep. um, 20, 2021, that 56 game season finishing second. And then and then pr- pr- it, it's been a long time since uh, we, we felt that the Panthers were going to be basically maybe a bubble team in the Atlantic division or wild card or somewhere around there. They're going to be in that area, but it's no. It's no guarantee the magic number, even though there isn't a magic number right now to clinch, it's still a long ways away from now. Mm-hmm. There, the, the fact that it's not going to be a possible clincher for the Panthers until like maybe like two or three games into left until the season uh, based on based on that is they're not clinching anything early this time around. No. That's the thing. So so that's something that we ourselves need to emotionally just take a step back to knowing that, OK, Let's look at this team based on little stretches of the season. Right now, this stretch right now, 
is is not the best one for the Panthers. Of, of course, that it, that's a given. But the the the, the team they're they're in this one they they were still creating chances. Three goals is good enough to win on most nights for for the Cavs. Yes. So that that is an encouraging sign, and we see these players shooting more uh, for for the team at, at at least on Thursday night. And we talked about pre-recording how the Philadelphia Flyers they could be this year's version of the New York Rangers, where the Carter Hart could be carrying them to the playoffs. I mean, we've seen the difference between Carter Hart being between the pipes going into that game. He had a 1.75 GAA and yep. 950 save, um, save percentage. So that's, that wasn't, that wasn't an easy game to, to generate offense. And the Panthers did anyway, with three defensemen, let's, let's, let's also, let's also put, put that as a note in, in the, in this show based on that. So any other team, well, not any other team, but most teams in, in, a, in a performance like this, chances are you come out on the winning side. Correct. And that, that's the thing is, you know, the, I know the two game stretch that we had on the road wasn't the best. I mean, the Chicago game, as we said, is inexcusable, but they came back with a better, much better response against Philadelphia. And they just didn't get the, you know, the result that you wanted. And sometimes that does happen. Um, but what I'm looking forward to right now is ending October on a winning note with a winning record. So that, you know, takes us into playing a young Ottawa team who seems like they're kind of finding themselves right now. Um, I know that, you know, they've had some tough games, but they've been, you know, really grinding them out. But let's see what Florida's got in them on Saturday because it's not going to be an easy game. Uh, absolutely not. And it's going it, to, and definitely uh, we can transition over to segment number three where we can talk more about the upcoming Kachuk Kachuk battle for the first time mm. in for for the next hopefully seven to eight years of these two <laughs> so th- this is gonna be a fun one but first we're gonna tell you all about simply safe and the numbers don't lie in the last decade over four million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right at simply safe your safety is the only thing that matters they protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered with 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real, so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash lockedonnhl. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Third and final segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, Armando Velez, I got Nick Fairbanks here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. So since we're recording this at right now, it's 1033 a.m. on a Friday morning. Uh, all scores are final. Uh, based on the Thursday's game slate of games, Brad Marchand returned for the Boston Bruins gets uh, a goal in, in this in in that one. Uh, Jim Montgomery did say that the two goals, excuse me. Uh, yeah. The Jim Montgomery said that he won't be playing Brad Marchand on back to back, so 
that that line of Bergeron, uh, Marchand, and DeBrus, they're going to be something to reckon with. And of course, uh, uh, he, uh, David Pasternak, you might see him shift up, up and down. Wild defeat the the Ottawa Senators. No opportunity for Cam Talbot to face off against his uh, former team. Uh, Montreal defeats Buffalo on on the road. Uh, Nashville beats uh, St. Louis six to two. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers going into Chicago, winning six to three. Uh, my friend over at Locked On Blackhawks, Jack Bushman, was uh, there at the UC in person. Seventeen power plays for both teams combined. Jake Ottinger gets a shutout, and Eric Carlson gets a game-winning goal for the San Jose Sharks in overtime against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the Ooh. good news for the Panthers. Good news for the Panthers, as even though they dropped two two points, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, lose one at least. Uh, the LA Kings lose to the Winnipeg Jets six to four and the Vancouver Canucks finally get a win their first win of the season over the Seattle Kraken on the road in regulation so maybe the sky isn't <laughs> falling as much in in Van- Vancouver ah maybe maybe not but five goals on 19 shots for Vancouver uh ouch if you're the Seattle Kraken but let, let's go to Saturday's matchup against the Ottawa Senators and I think um I'm more excited about this. I I won't. I probably won't have this level of excitement as much for the future matchups between the Florida Panthers and the Ottawa Senators as much as this one, because it's the first of of many. And I don't know how. I don't know how hostile it's going to be. Of course, when you when you interview the two Kachuk brothers and Keith Kachuk together. There, there's one rule that they have in their family is that the brothers don't fight in the middle of the game, that, that their mother can't take it when it, when it comes to those two. <laughs> but it, it's going to maybe let's see how much drawing back and forth is between Captain Brady Kachuk of the Ottawa Senators and Matthew as well. So that's going to be, those are going to be, I wonder if there's going to, Valley Sports is going to provide a camera specifically or a mic'd up edition of Matthew Kachuk for that one, because that it would be, must see TV for 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 both uh both guys and I hope the Senators broadcast as well. Hopefully, mics up Brady to see how their interactions are going to be. And of course, we're expecting the parents to be there. Probably the parents are going to be there for uh each and every one of those games uh for for many years. But this is the very first one, Nick. How, how excited are you for for this matchup? I'm excited because I think Matthew Tuchuk has already given the Panthers another dimension that they haven't had in a long time um, as far as like the skill and the type of uh, agitation that a single player can bring. And on the other side, you have Brady who brings the same thing. So um, I don't think that the brothers are necessarily going to clash against each other. I mean, they might chirp one another, but what I'm going to see is after the play, um, you know, who's antagonizing who, because, you know, Brady, I- I'll be honest, I think Brady yaps a little bit more, um, you know, from what I've seen during games. And, um, you know, Matt, just basically, he's in the middle of everything. He's always like in the middle of like, you know, um, you know, the goalie freezing it. And he's always just right in front of him. And people are like, hey, get off my goalie and stuff like that. So more of a, yes, a physical altercation. But it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, let's, let's just see what Ryan Lomberg has to say about Mr. Brady, uh, you know, trying to go in either on Spencer Knight, who I think is going to start, mm-hmm. um, you know, to see what happens there and, you know, how Ottawa is going to treat Matt, you know, when he's uh, doing his thing. Um, one thing I am concerned about with this game is that it looks like Ottawa is going to bring their uh, work boots and their uh, work hats 
because they they are playing a game right now that is uh, fast, but they're also going into the dirty areas right now. And Florida's got to be ready to play that type of game. Um, you know, they, they have their defensive core who um, may or may not uh, show up because I was actually kind of, um, you know, a little bit hesitant on, on them during the offseason. But it seems like that they're doing their job and that they're actually coming together right now. So, um, you know, I think that all has like kind of a mix of, you know, probably a really good game on Saturday. Mm. And we knew that the Ottawa Senators were going to be a team that would be scoring a lot of goals, of course, acquiring Alex Debrinket in the offseason, Claude Drew. Claude Drew is going to be making his return in Flor- in, to Florida after after spending 20-plus uh, games plus the playoffs here uh, last season. They're fourth in mm-hmm. the NHL in goals four at four with 3.86. Unfortunately for the Ottawa Senators, it doesn't look like that Josh Norris is going to play for the rest of the season, something that DJ Smith announced. So that that's a big big loss for for mm-hmm. for Ottawa and he he was part of that Eric Carlson uh trade uh to San Jose they they got they got him and Timmy Stutzla at both as, as part of that trade so that's a, that's a missing element their their defense uh the the stats show that they're still middle of the pack just like just like Florida so that that's really uh for for Ottawa kind of uh something that you could okay look at and say this is this is the game to be ag- to be aggressive and of course we're familiar with Anton Forsberg uh, a, a player that maybe the Panthers m- could have traded for la- last offseason based on the struggles <laughs> of Spencer Knight but he got an extension he was the goalie that that per- um, played against the Panthers last season during that eight to two uh, matchup a- as well so an opportunity to really really get the pucks into the net based on the amount of goals they give up and the fact that Forsberg is the start is the starter. Of course, he's he's a decent he's a decent starter for for the sense. But the fact that he is going to be carrying the load with Cam Talbot being out for a while still that that's an mm-hmm. opportunity for the Panthers to just really get in the dirty areas like we talked about um, with with Matthew Kachuk. Florida's going to have to show that they want this game now, maybe starting off like they did against Philadelphia would be a good start. I mean, really going in and put peppering uh, Forsberg to start to kind of like get him you know, like, hey, we're coming after you. But at the same time, you know, you have to play your defensive responsible game uh, just because Ottawa, although they don't have, uh, you know, one of their top defensemen, um, they still have some other defensemen that are up and coming. Like uh, you have Zub, who I really want Florida to take a run at if Ottawa's not able to sign him uh, next year. I mean, he's up for, uh, you know, he's going to be a free agent. And this guy, every time he's on the ice, you know, the fans are always saying, Zub. I want that down in Florida. I, I want this guy here. So um, Florida's just going to have to really battle their transition game. Um, and on top of that, just put some pucks on that. Get Forsberg uncomfortable. Put every angle that you can. And I'm actually going to say it. I'm going to say it. Barkov's going to score. Barkov's going to score. It's funny because yes. I was I was thinking that on I was thinking that really mostly for. Uh, for uh, Thursday's game against the Flyers thing. I was manifesting. I was trying to manifest it because I saw how, how often he was getting the puck to the net more than, more than he was in the Chicago game. But, you know, historically Barkov just doesn't start well during, during his time with the Panthers. So at, at this point in the season, I think George Richards had an article talking about how Barkov uh, the most he's gone without scoring a goal has been 12 games to enter a season. And now we're going to be entering game number nine for, for the Panthers. As far as power play percentage for the Panthers through the first seven games, it's their second worst in franchise history, but dating back to the 1997 uh, season, the, the, the season after they make the Stanley cup final. So, Hmm like we weird how mm. when the president's trophy 
last year and then your power play struggles the very next year and then back like 20 plus years ago you make the stanley cup final and your power play struggles the next year uh, i don't know if i want to call it a hangover uh from from the previous <laughs> season but the numbers are right there talking about this this power play and and what's a what what is the what is what is the common denominator much success from the season before yeah, I mean, you can call it a hangover, but um, I what I will say uh, for this team is that the coaching changes and the di- changes to the, you know, the special teams is definitely, uh, you know, brought on, you know, different uh, different uh, views and angles of this. I mean, you know, you started the work last year. I mean, I understand the power play was much better last season, like it was either the top or top two um, during the season. But, you know, at times when it was all five forwards, it just didn't work. Um so now that you have Montour back, um, you know, he's been able to score two of the three goals on the power play. You're starting to look at, you know, who else is going to be able to contribute. And, you know, you saw Anton Lundell uh, slot into uh, the position he was in and almost scored. Um, and, you know, you have Chuck taking the puck to the net. I'm really looking for somebody else like maybe, uh, you know, a Sam Bennett to kind of step up and uh, shoot the puck when he's on the second unit. And then uh, who, who else is on that first unit that you want to see to shoot more? Maybe Sam Reinhardt uh, taking a shot from, you know, the right or left side, depending on what side he's on. Um, but, yeah, guys, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, Jonathan Uberdo provided a lot of good things for the power play last year with his passing. But even he admitted recently that he needs to shoot more. Okay. Um, I think Florida needs to take that note for themselves and start shooting the puck more as far as like on the power play. Like not everything has to be pretty. Not everything has to be a highlight real goal. I mean, I understand that there's other teams that are doing it and being successful, but maybe it's just not in the cards and that teams are expecting it. So maybe putting more shots on goal and letting the guys who are, um, you know, near the crease try to get a greasy one like Hornquist and everybody, let them get a chance and put it in. I mean, you'll be more successful that way. And that's how you're going to score in the postseason as well. And yeah, um, and even if you're not shooting necessarily to get the puck to the net from the blue line, at least create a rebound opportunity so someone can clean it up as well Correct. for for, the, for this team, because then you're going to get the goalie out of position and they, they're unable to reset. And 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 basically, basically, that's going to help the, the Panthers get it. But hey, a, a power play, a power play goal yesterday is a step in the right direction, hopefully, for with this mm-hmm. new look uh, <laughs> top unit with. Once again, your boy Anton Lindell uh, there on the on the top unit. So hey, uh, so far so good as far as that that new uh, top unit of, of the power play. So a win on Saturday will at least once again salvage the the point projection that I had for the Panthers. I had them going like six three and zero in the in the first uh, month of the season, of, which would be twelve points if the if they win Saturday, eleven still giving them a, a in a putting them in a good position to still make, make make a run right before their West Coast trip, which on paper, you look at the schedule for the West Coast uh, trip, very favorable schedule coming up. But of, but of course, traveling traveling all, all the way out West, not going to be easy for this team. But of course, taking care of business at home, a place where you're comfortable in and, and, a, and a matchup that's going to be that a lot of people are, are anticipating. We've talked about it all offseason, but how how is it going to look like on the ice? And we're going to find that out. Saturday, a 4 p.m. puck drop, Valley Sports, Florida. Uh, we won't, I won't necessarily have a recap for, for that game immediately, but of course, it will be a topic of conversation for uh, the Panthers on Monday. A few new news and notes for the Cats is that they'll be, by the time this comes out, the Panthers will be practicing uh, at FLA Live Arena at noon 
and then after, uh, Roberto Luongo will be speaking to the media in person, talking about his upcoming Hall of Fame induction, which will be on November 14th up in Toronto. So uh, make sure to listen to some, um, be, be on the Twitter of, so that you can hear some of the quotes that Roberto Luongo will be sharing with the media as he will be meeting in person for, for, for at FLA Live Arena after Panthers practice on Friday. But Nick, any parting words before we sign off here for the weekend and, and we anticipate this matchup against the Ottawa Senators on Saturday? I think the thing is, is that we can't take any game for granted going forward. Um, you know, I think the division is much closer than it has been in the previous seasons. I mean, I think almost every team has between six and now 12 or 14 points. So every game, you're going to have to grind it out and you're going to have to play your style and, you know, win in your style. Um, I have confidence that the Panthers will come out on top with uh, most of these games, but there are going to be games like that happened last night. But Panther fans, keep your heads up. Everything's going the way that it should right now. We were going to see a drop off, but the world's not falling apart. The sky's not falling. It's not like we're the Vancouver Canucks, you know, or the Toronto Maple Leafs losing to San Jose. Okay. If we lose to San Jose, then I'll say that there might be an issue, but let's think of the positives. We're still in a really good place. We have uh, mostly a healthy team and everything. And, you know, right now we're just, you know, trying to figure things out. So we're good to go. Uh, Armando, I want to thank you again for having me on and I look forward to having, uh, you know, another show next Thursday or Friday. uh, And hopefully we have a couple wins to talk about. And next week will be a late night edition of Fairbanks Friday as the Panthers will be on the West Coast. I I believe that Thursday game will be against the San Jose Sharks. And when we look at the standings, the separation via points percentage is by 900th of a percentage point. So still very much the the Panthers very much in control of their destiny as there's Mm -hmm. still 70 plus games for this Panthers team. So once again, the sky is not falling. But Nick... Thank you once again for joining this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you online. Uh, everybody can find me on uh, Twitter at Prudentia Zero. And remember, guys, what I posted this morning is hashtag relax. So, mm-hmm. Armando, thank you again. Thank you so much, Nick. And I'll see you next Friday. See you next Friday. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast and be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first system today. Now make your second listen. Locked On Sports Today. The biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your teeth? Every day. <laughs>